Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Wolf Portal podcast. I am your host, Shanoon Ocean, and we're doing a solo cast today. We are going back to the roots, back to the basics, and it's just me and you guys, and it feels really good to be here. And um, let's set the tone for it. Let's light some incense. I'm going to be burning patchouli, which is my second favorite incense, in case any of you guys were wondering. Okay. All right. Uh, So, today, well, first, I want to say welcome back. To the wolf portal and it's been a while since we've chatted it's been a while since i've come into the portal and done a solo podcast i haven't been pumping out as much content as i have in the past and um i feel that it's been because i've been trying my best to be more in a place of listening than in than talking just to talk, you know? Um, If I'm going to be spitting out straight up verses, dropping lines, uh, if I'm gonna be transmuting a message into the collective, then I want it to be something of substance. I want it to be something that matters and that comes from the heart and from a listening space. Not a listening to the ego, my ego, obviously. I hope that's obvious. Not a listening to anything besides, I guess, what we can call true reality, you know? And it's really hard to come, it's really hard, it can be challenging to listen to that, to truly listen. Uh, And so I've been trying to listen and um, diving inwards and doing some deep work. And finally, I feel like I may just have something of substance to say, to talk about, uh, to chew on with you guys. And so that's what we're going to do today. And today, we are going to talk about why it matters, it being all of this, all of this, any of this, Um, particularly the work that we do in the field that is pertaining to spiritual development, personal development, mindfulness, all this hippy-dippy woo-woo shit. We're going to talk about why we do it and why it matters. And um, I'd like to start this off with reflecting on... uh, Reflecting on some insights that came to me 
maybe a week ago. I guess it doesn't matter when it came to me, but just reflecting on some insights that came to me and then we will really get up in there and pick it apart for what it is. So uh, I'd like to start this off by saying something that I've said ever since I started this Wolf Portal podcast, (laughs) ever since the Wolf Portal was incarnated. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, not incarcerated. Uh, Ever since the Wolf Portal came into its incarnation, ever since episode one, I've been driving this same point home, that point being, if we are not doing something to cleanse and clear our perception of reality, our vision, you know, the way we perceive this life experience. Um, If we're not doing something to constantly clear our vision and to shift our perspective, then we fall into a dormant-like way of being, and that's just what it is. We fall into a sort of slumber. And um, that is to say, we will inevitably, in these states, these dormant-like states of slumber, we will inevitably end up missing the cosmoerotic mysticism of this glorious reality that we dwell in. Nope. Sorry. Cat causing problems. Stony, don't do it. Oh my gosh. Stop it. Uh, yeah. So take, for example, the boiling frog. If you take a frog out of its environment and you plunk it into a pot of boiling hot water, it's going to freak the fuck out. It's going to screech and it's going to scream and it's going to fight like hell and it's going to do whatever the fuck it takes to get out of that pot and escape that fate. However, if you take a frog out of its environment and you put it in a pot of room temperature water where there are other frogs just like it, the frog will most likely feel some degree of comfort at first. You know, it'll think, so so bad. And if you guide the frog's thoughts and vision to what it is that you want the frog to see, to notice, and you give the frog praise amongst its peers for conforming to the rules of this new environment, and you slowly, incrementally raise the temperature of the water just a little bit at a time, just a little little bit at a time, the frog will hardly notice that it's beginning to cook. And before you know it, it will be cooked. And um, I'm obviously bringing this up because we can be likened to the frogs. We are those frogs and the boiling pots of water. Scary as it may sound and scary as it may seem, you know. 
we come into this reality and immediately we begin to become bombarded with all different sorts of social conditioning. We come into this reality and we want to be seen and we want to be accepted and we want to be heard. Uh, but these things only come from mommy and daddy at first if you're good and if you behave. And then, you know, we get plunked into the school system. And that's where the real deep conditioning begins, you know? And then this school system is the entire academic system can be argued to be preparing us to go into the real matrix, to conform into the real, <laughs> the real world, you know, of uh, being working ladies and gentlemen. So, so yeah, you know, we are the frogs in the pot. And what I'm saying, all of this is to say that if we are not consciously directing our attention and effort to continually examining our surroundings, and more importantly, our ideas and thoughts and beliefs about our circumstances, nothing will change. Nothing will change, and that is to say those whose best interest is to keep us in that pot of boiling water will continue to incrementally increase that temperature. You know, and so that's what this movement is all about. It's about clearing our vision. It's about clearing our perception. It's about coming into communion with that which is real. Uh, it's about coming back into the alignment the, that we are born here with, you know? Because that is our birthright, to be in that alignment. And, um, yeah, there are so many ways to clear our vision, to soften our hearts and take care of our minds. And we all know this. You know, we know about meditation, we know about yoga, we know about breath work, we know that it's, it's helpful to practice mindfulness and to watch our thoughts, you know. We are part of a species that is slowly awakening, slowly but surely awakening, and uh, we can all experience that and attest to that from the influx of information that we constantly have access to, you know, it's all there. And um, over the years, I've, I've watched things that used to be regarded as conspiracies and just like woo-woo hippie talk uh, become talk of the norm, you know? And I've watched all different kinds of people from all different, different walks of life realize these things uh, and begin to awaken and begin to question the paradigm that we find ourselves dwelling in, and it's beautiful. Um, and so... So yeah, we know about these tools and these are all amazing facets that we can use along the way. But personally, sometimes I think situations more extreme than 
the small and useful and beautiful shifts that these tools provide us with are necessary. Sometimes I think it's necessary to blow the fucking lid off of it. Off of all the conceptions we have about ourselves and our lives. And whatever thought rivers that we've been rowing ourselves along in, sometimes we got to blow the walls off those little boats and fall into the real river. And um, that is why I'm an advocate for psychedelics and plant medicine. Because there have been few instances outside of the medicine space that have totally, instantly blown the samskaras I've been just locked into to smithereens. You know, I've had so many teachers in this lifetime of mine, all of which I am so incredibly grateful for. But never in my life have I had a teacher like the mushroom. And that is why I will forever be a student of the mushroom, a very humble student. And so when I talk about the power and the weight of the mushroom experience, of the psychedelic experience, and people are quick to throw stones and roll their eyes and go, here she goes again with that hippy-dippy fucking talk and, um, and just call mushrooms another drug. I can't help but to laugh because it's like to consider something that allows you, that allows us, you know, if we choose, if we choose to, to interface with ourselves and all of the known and all of the unknown, all the unknown facets of reality and the psyche and the deep, beautiful mystery, mysteries of nature and and the universe, just another drug is wild. It's crazy. All right, so without being too dogmatic or rigid with myself, um, because I'm just talking about myself and my plant medicine and psychedelic usage, um, I don't particularly have any opinions of how anybody should or shouldn't take psychedelics, you know. That's everybody else's business. But in regards to my business, and the way that I interact with mushrooms, um, <clears throat> not always, you know, because I have fun with it sometimes. But most of the time, when I take the mushroom, I'm taking it as a sacrament where in which I will come face to face with what I consider to be God. And when I'm saying face to face, you know, let's use some leniency on the term because I don't actually think that God has ever revealed their face to me and I've seen it all for what it is. You know, I think I've come close though. I digress. Um, yeah, I'm taking the mushroom as a sacrament where in which I come face-to-face with what I consider to be God, with the all, with Shiva, with Shakti, with divine energy, you know, whatever you want to call it. Something with much deeper wisdom than 
any of us seem to carry in our waking state. <clears throat> and so just for shits and giggles, it's obviously not the same thing and there's different context and <clears throat> all of this, but let's look at the typical idea of a non-denominal church setting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where people go to praise Jesus and praise the Lord and come into direct communion with God. The typical sacrament that Christians, Catholics, um, many different faiths choose to work with in representation of the blood and body of Jesus Christ is a is typically a wafer and a couple tablespoons full of alcoholic or non-alcoholic wine. <clears throat> now, I have absolutely nothing negative to comment on that practice. It's not my practice to comment on, but if it was, I would say that anything that brings anybody into what they consider to be a closer state of relation to the divine is amazing. That's amazing. It's one of our birthrights as humans. Um, so yeah, they take it to represent the blood and the body of Christ and okay. But when I take the mushroom as a sacrament, maybe to me, to me, it represents the myofascial tissue that runs through the nervous system of the all. That is the sacrament. That is what puts me in an uncomparable state of communion with the divine, with the cosmoerotic mysticism that I mentioned earlier. And we'll get back to that. <clears throat> And so all this to say that it's not necessarily what we experience in the throes of the mushroom or ayahuasca or wachuma or peyote or LSD ceremony or in the deep meditational states or straight out of a retreat or, or crazy breathwork experience. It's not about those experiences actually. I said all that just to say this. It's not. It's about what these experiences reveal to us. And about how that then transforms us and our paths and our experience of ourselves and others and reality. It's about how much more deeply we can experience gratitude, you know, and joy and love and compassion. It's about how much more intensely we can love all those and all that that is around us. Because friends, I don't think that I need to tell you that the society that we currently find ourselves dwelling in, AKA the boiling pot, is not one that is necessarily the most conducive to us experiencing these states of waking consciousness and these states of relating to ourselves and each other, you know? And so on this episode of The Portal, I want to talk about why it matters. 
why the work that we do matters, why the spiritual movement matters. Because it's hip, you know, and it's a beautiful thing that it's hip. More people are waking up than ever before. Um, but there are many who throw stones at it as well. There are many who don't understand it. I myself don't entirely understand it. I myself fall in and out of states of of practice, you know, and of what I, I guess I'll call higher states of consciousness. You know, I fall in and out of these states and that's okay because we're shifting away from this robotic masculine structure of having to get things done every day and stick to a routine and and boom 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 and if you fall off then you fucked up you know and we're falling more into alignment with the feminine in so many different ways with all that being said I still find myself I still find it that I fall sometimes into states of a little bit of nihilism into states of doubt in the states of, does any of this shit even matter? Is it making a difference? And so I want to talk about why it does matter because, friends, it does matter. It does. And there's so many reasons why. But I'll zero in on a few in this week's portal. In this episode right here, right now. Um... So let's start with what seems to be the most obvious reason. For a long time, we have been dwelling and existing in a state of uh, discoherence. Discoherence within ourselves, with others, and in the way that we relate to this reality and to others and to ourselves it's discoherence you know for a long time the distortment has sort of pulled the wool over our eyes right and we've functioned as individuals and as a society on autopilot without questioning many things and this has led us to where it has led us to. And all of its divine timing, this has led us to a state where we cannot continue to go on like this. More people are prescribed to antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications that truly aren't serving them than ever. So many people uh, battle with, with these intense states of just sadness and feeling alone and feeling like like something is off in themselves and in the world because it is you know and um and the society that is what it is around us isn't working anymore the old systems are failing and um and this can lead to a lot of confusion and a lot of fear. And, um, and so how do we deal with that fear? 
How do we deal with this confusion? How do we deal with this distortment all around us? You know, how do we deal with realizing that we're in a fucking boiling pot? There's so many ways to deal with it. And some of the most common vices, the easiest vices that have been dished out to us, gently on a platter, served to us by society, happen to be unhealthy vices. Uh, Alcohol, other drugs, and I'm not demonizing these things, you know. I enjoy. You guys know. You guys know about my wine. Let's just. You guys know about my wine habits. We haven't come to learn of the best ways to deal with these things. We deal with it by closing off, by shutting down, by turning on Netflix, by scrolling endlessly for hours, and this leads to more discoherence. Um, and and just you know. We're, we're propelling these negative states of being, you know. And so now more than ever, so many of us are waking up and we want to experience reality differently, rightfully so. You know, this is our birthright and it's a beautiful thing. And, um, and so all of these things inside of this movement of expanding consciousness because let's actually just talk about what consciousness is for a second consciousness is why any of us are experiencing anything at all you know more scientists than ever are coming to believe that none of this none of anything around you around me around nothing exists outside of consciousness you know, it's, uh, this is what we are dwelling in. This is how we are experiencing reality. And the more that we can expand our consciousness and elevate the frequency around us and inside of us, this is how we elevate the consciousness. This is how we expand the consciousness. Um, and this is how we come to experience different modes, nodes of existence, of reality, you know. This is how we become more and more keen of all of the different things around us. And so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is why, this is bullet point number one of why this matters. So we can be happier in countries with super oppressive governments. The number one thing that they do is they starve the people out. They make them hungry so that they are in a state of survival, fight or flight. Because when people are hungry, when people are in a state of survival, they don't have time to question things. They don't have time to look at the sky and think, God damn, that's beautiful. Holy shit, we're all fucking here right now? Wait, wait a minute. You know, we don't have time to ponder the mysteries of the universe or, or bask in the beauty of all that is when we're on fight or flight mode, when our nervous systems are shut down. Uh, and so that is the primary reason for all of these practices is to begin to bring coherence into our nervous systems and, um, and to begin to regulate them. 
slowly we move back into the state of alignment within ourselves. And as we move into the state of alignment within ourselves, we find that we move into a state of alignment with all that is around us. And slowly we observe our realities beginning to shift in ways that are almost unexplainable. And, um, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and now, you know, it's just, it's beautiful because science, I can't say this enough, you probably can't hear it enough, uh, but science is just now coming around to, uh, what is the word? What is the word I'm looking for? Science is just now coming around to give the big thumbs up and the okay to everything that the ancient mystics and wizards and sages have said for so long, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's confirming all of these things. And what I'm talking about, just for this, just because there's so many different things, but just for this instance, what I'm talking about is epigenetics and how we all individually have giant fields of energy radiating from within us. We don't even know how far out they go. And our fields of energy are reacting with all the other fields of energy around us. My fields of energy right now is interacting obviously with you. That's, that's more complex, that's crazier. Uh, and this is obviously through technology and, and through this beautiful microphone and, and through this video footage, you know. But in this present moment right here, so when we are talking about epigenetics and the way that our body's electromagnetic fields interact with the electromagnetic fields of all things around us and begin to understand vibration and frequency and, and really just the deep interconnectedness of all things around us, um, that interconnectedness becomes just so clear, just so undeniably evident. So, you know, this all goes into just more awareness of how this interconnectedness affects us. Um, and how we relate to all things, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without, everything is connected. And, um, and this is so beautiful because this can help us begin to understand our connections with others, with our environment, with the earth, with everything, just in a totally different context than um, we have primarily been conditioned to. So that for number one. And then, because nothing is linear, this isn't just about the physical interconnection of all things, obviously, because we're talking about energetics here too. But then we begin to understand the connection of everything within us, the delicate ecosystem of our being. You know, We begin to understand that the food that we eat everything that we consume, including media, um, in, including just everything, affects us in a certain way. 
you know? And then we begin to understand the interconnection of, let's say, things from our past, you know, and how something that happened to us when we were two or three years old stays with us in a way, engraved into us for such a long time. And anyways, all of this to say, uh, it's so interesting because I could, I could just dive so deep into all of these topics separately. Um, but we won't do that because we're here to talk about why it matters. And uh, so, yeah, so that's reason number one of 1.2 or two, maybe. I don't know if it seems like I'm a little bit all over the place because I am. This is it's quite crazy having this doing this recording process, like literally all on my own. It's awesome, but it's we're working it out, guys. We're working it out. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, the world is screaming out in chaos. And so that's why there's just, there's no time to, uh, to pretend everything is all butterflies and sunshine and fairies and da -da -da, just because we have this like awakening, which is in itself beautiful and powerful. And let's never take away from that. Uh, the world nonetheless is still screaming out in chaos and the majority of people the majority of humans when this chaos is brought up they say or the idea around it is you know what can I do I I'm not I don't have infinite amount of access to money or power I can't really make a difference you know I'm just here for a good time not a long time and so I'm gonna enjoy it as best as I can and yet we can't seem to have, we can't seem to really have that good of a time while the world around us is dying, can we? You know? This is because we're, we're not separate from Mother Earth. She is alive just as we are alive, just as all things are alive. And um, to really, like, know this, this is something you hear, but this is another bullet point on why it matters. Because the more work that we do, the deeper we can integrate these truths into our being. Let me say that again to drive it home. We have access to so much information. We can read things that the Buddhas, the sages, the, the ancient masters and carriers of wisdom, you know, spent their whole lives studying and coming to realize we can read it in like 10 seconds on a TikTok or on an Instagram post or something, you know? And so we have access to all this information, but having access to information and knowing things is not the same as wisdom at all. The more work that we do, the deeper we can integrate these truths into our being, you know? It's one thing to say Mother Earth is alive. It's another to feel it, to see it, to experience it. Stony, oh my God, my cat has like, she has like a deep calling to fuck me up right now. Stony, relax. All right, do what you want. So, uh, yeah, it's another thing to feel that the earth is alive. And subconsciously, consciously, uh, unconsciously, whatever, we feel this. We feel 
this discoherence in the world in us. And that's why we are not okay. That's why nothing feels quite right, you know. And um, and the truth is what it's always been, man. You don't need a lot of money to make a crazy difference. You don't need a lot of affluence or influence, you know. Because as cliche as it sounds and as much as... Um, as much as we've heard this our whole lives and it just sounds like something in a card uh, to make a change on the outside you start it's all an inside job you know we can't change anything in the outside world until we change what is in here and I'm just gonna keep going the video has cut out um, once again and it's so unfortunate because I was beginning to get on a roll, you guys. I was getting on a motherfucking roll. All right, yeah. So lots of technical difficulties going on, but uh, I feel like it'll be fine if the video cuts out for a little bit. You guys have seen my face. You know what I look like. Uh, you can picture, picture the same setting that you saw me in before, hopefully. And, um, <laughs> and hopefully the sound of my lulling voice will be enough to keep you guys ca captivated. That, that, of course, and this topic of expanding consciousness and awareness that we are on. Uh, so, yeah, we are talking about the integration of all of these truths. This is a big part of why it matters because this is one of the coolest things about the whole entire movement, the whole entire shebang. It's the fact that uh, it's the fact that it's literally like a black hole, a beautiful, beautiful black hole, meaning there are no limits. There is no like as far as there's it's just infinitely deep that's what I'm getting at it's all so infinitely deep you can just go deeper and deeper into it you can go deeper into these truths deeper into yourself deeper into your healing deeper into your connection with all things and everything and all beings and if that's not the point of life if that's not one of the main points of life then gee, I mean what is <laughs> what are we here for if not to come to deeply deeply know and understand and experience ourselves you know what are we here for if not to interact with all the different facets of reality as as authentically and as open-heartedly as we can, you know? This is, like, think about it like 4K. You can watch something, and then you can watch something on, like, a grainy, like, in a grainy sort of setting, and that's, like, all right, whatever. If that's the only way you can watch it, you're going to take it, sure. But then if you can like switch those picture settings to standard, you're going to be like, oh, this like this looks pretty good. I'm going to keep it here. 
And then once you find about once you find out about HD, you're going to be like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. I'm not watching anything in standard again because you're seeing things so much clearer. And then you find out that you can watch things in 4K, you know, doing this inner work, clearing out your filters, clearing your vision, coming back into alignment with yourself and with a higher truth, higher cause, um, and peering out into reality like that is experiencing, I'm not even going to say in 4K, 4K IMAX feature films type shit is what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> that's what it really is. And, um, and so, yeah, this is another reason why it matters. And ugh. and also, I don't want to skip over this. There's a couple of other bullet points that I really want to hit hard, but I don't want to skip over the just massive, massive, massive importance and... Uh, importance of compassion because as we do this work as we walk this journey with our eyes open a deep deep experience of healing is inevitable and um, this is also what we came here to do to heal and, you know, as we become just more aware, more conscious of things, it's like, ugh, it, this is why the Buddhists say there's nowhere to stand. Because let's get back, let's go back to this thing of experiencing reality in 4K, right? You're not just going to see, like, all the pretty, you're going to see everything. You're going to see everything as we deepen our awareness you know uh, as the leaves grow bigger and the buds of the flowers of our souls blossom open to the sun the roots go deeper and we peer deeper and we feel deeper we feel deeper we feel more joy and so, too, we feel more pain. And, um, and what do we do with it? And an answer that comes from the Buddhist philosophy is that we bathe it in compassion. We bathe ourselves in compassion and forgiveness for all of the ways we haven't shown up for ourselves and others in in the best way that we could have, in the most loving way that we could have. We give our parents and family members and friends and peers and, and even strangers so much compassion because we're all just doing the best that we can with what we have. And it's one thing to say, but it's another to deeply, deeply understand that. You know, one of my best friends, Mackenzie Kleiss, 
in a conversation a few months ago said something that shook me out of one of these uh one of these slumbers really and yeah i just to go back to the points that i was making at the beginning about things that can wake us the fuck up and just blow the wall blow the lid off of it psychedelics yeah super powerful um obviously not the only thing like some some very present you know and honest and open conversations that we have with loved ones can do the same thing traveling can do the same thing dynamic new experiences there's so many ways but anyways to get back to it i was having this conversation with Mackenzie, and she said something along the lines of when you cut a conversation off with yourself when you're lying to yourself when you can't be honest to yourself with yourself about something you're cutting the conversation off with god you know because we are how God, how the all comes to experience this, this reality. We're the operating systems. And, um, and once you cut a conversation off with God, you know, because there's something that you're not willing to look at and it's truth, then there's, how can you let God in? And, uh, I forgot what, what thread I was pulling on there, but I think in these times that we are living in, one of the most, whew, one of the unequivocally most powerful, powerful, necessary things, emotions, states of being, however, uh, to call it, to, to practice and to experience is compassion. Because as the world screams out in chaos, there's just madness disrupting all around us. And, um, and everybody wants to blame somebody because it's the easiest to do. It's, you know, there's got to be somebody. There's got to be somebody who we can blame for this bullshit. It wasn't us right and so um and so yeah as the world and especially this country is totally divided and everybody just wants to to drive their point home and make you see how they see you uh if we just invite in a little compassion to all beings and um understand that this journey that we all chose to take is not the easiest and is not the yeah it's not the easiest to navigate and there's just so many perceptions and experiences and journeys and it's all it's all crazy and it's all wild and it's all beautiful and uh, the more compassion that we can invite into ourselves the more forgiveness we can give to ourselves the more love we can give to ourselves, we can give that to others. The more we have to get, that's our cup is full. We begin to fill up our cup, and so we actually have something to give to others, you know? When you're judging others, so when it's, I find that when I am so quick to judge others and judge them harshly, there's something else there. 
And if I do some investigating of what that something else might be, I tend to find that it is some serious disharmony within and amongst myself. So that, my friends, is uh, reason 3.7 or 7.3 of why it matters. And um, we are going to continue this in a few gonna see if I can get the video back up and rolling baby and um, if I can that'll be awesome if I can't I will still come back to finish this off and finish off my other bullet points of why it matters thanks for sticking with me friends all right so we are back once again it's been a bit, bit of a hectic day there have been a lot of stop and goes, a lot of, a lot of uh, other things happening. Life has been lifing. I just wish this wasn't blocking out my flower. Oh, what about that? How crazy does that look? This looks like one of those funny videos where they're like supposed to be in the studio. All right. Let's do that. How about that? Okay, so Wolf Portal, back in the portal, we're talking about why it matters. Why having a practice that brings you closer into communion with reality as it is and whatever mystical force is behind said such beautiful reality that we find ourselves existing in and um, and yeah, why it matters besides the fact that we literally find ourselves in the midst of a fucking revolution. <laughs> I guess it makes me sound a bit like a heretic. Um, or like, you know, it makes me sound a little bit crazy maybe when I, I say certain phrases such as we are in the middle of a spiritual revolution like there's there's spiritual warfare happening here um but it's the truth and um and we are fighting for so much we are fighting for our sovereignty we are fighting for a better world that we know can exist you know there is this vision of the future that so many of us have where we are living more connected in a, in a more connected way. And we experience on a daily basis, harmony within ourselves. And we are not living these lives that we so badly just crave vacation from, escapism from, so badly that, you know, we turn to our vices like drinking alcohol and smoking weed, which again, nothing wrong with these things, but we turn to them habitually just to find some peace of ease within ourselves so badly that, you know, we work so hard year round just for a week long trip. You know, we crave a world with connection. We crave an existence with connection. We crave connection with one another, true, deep connection. 
this is what the foundation of the human experience is built upon. And so social media offers us this pseudo plastic dollar store generic version of connection. And so, you know, we can, and technology, not even just social media, technology in general. And yeah, we can send a text as most of us do throughout the day, show someone there in our thoughts. We can, uh, we can send memes back and forth and pictures and funny things to make a person that we're thinking about laugh. Like, oh, this made me laugh. And maybe if I share this hit of dopamine with you, you know, and it's, it's all, it's all a good thing. It's all beautiful. But I just think about how at the end of our lives, at the end of my life, I'm not going to remember a TikTok somebody sent me. I'm not going to remember a a reel that my sister, a friend sent me or, you know, I'm not, maybe I'll remember a text my mom sent me at the end of my life. But when I think about it, I think maybe I won't remember anything at the end of my life and that's a whole other discussion you know I had this thought the other day and I so it wasn't even a high thought it was just a thought because my uncle uh, is developing dementia and watching him lose his sense of reality and I had this thought it's just a flash and I was like whoa we've been evolving for billions of years right and I just started wondering like what's the latest news about human evolution evolution as of late you know, we must have evolved. There must be like, I know evolution is a painfully slow process, but what if it isn't? And what is the latest tea about evolution in us as humans today? How have we evolved from maybe like our ancestors and grandparents that lived maybe just a couple hundred or a hundred years ago? And then I had this thought that was, what if Alzheimer's and dementia is the evolution. You know, we all think it's a disease, but what if it's evolution? And what if it is evolving so that literally we have no choice but to live radically presently? Just live in this radical state of presence and soak up every single moment for what it's worth while we're living it. Because, you know, we're, we're starting to just, like, the rate of Alzheimer's and dementia is going up. And if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's starting to set in earlier. So what if pretty soon, like, what if pretty soon we have so little memory of our lives that, yeah, we just have to live so radically in the present. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent um, to reel it back on in. All that to say, at the end of my life, when I'm just looking back on it all, I'm not going to remember a reel that anybody sent me. I'm not going to remember a TikTok. I mean, there are some funny ones, maybe. <laughs> I hope I remember this one reel that I saw. I can link it after this because it's a great one. But 
But what I think I'll remember is the moments of deep connection I experience looking into my lover's eyes, you know, and, and sharing deep and honest and raw conversations. The deepest conversations that I have with my beloved friends, those are the moments I'm going to remember. Because how can I not? Unless I have Alzheimer's, but... You know, the moments where we cut straight through all the bullshit in this like weird way that we all communicate with each other that we can like feel isn't exactly, isn't exactly like it, you know, this way that we've settled into communicating with each other. But the moments that we're just able to, brave enough to, or for whatever reason, usually it's because of like, you know, alcohol, but those moments get a little cloudy too. And and just to bring it all back, that that's what brings it back. Everything is connected, you know? If we're using a vice to cut through all the bullshit, it's going to be cloudy around that. It's not as pure of a moment as, um, as it would be if we got there on our own, you know, of our own whatever the word is that I'm looking for there. Man, my cat. You guys can't see her because she's just like below the lens, but she is just wanting all the attention right now. It's amazing. All right, hon. Go ahead. And so, yes, this is why it matters, friends. And, um... And speaking of, I guess this is kind of bringing me home to my last point here, which I don't know if we'll have time to. And this is something I plan on diving deeper and deeper into on the portal and out of the portal, in the portal and out of the portal, um, which is that moment that we all will face where we're, you know, God willing, but that moment that we all will face at the end of our days, when we are looking death in the eye. You know, it's a fate that we can't escape. And it's a fate that we can't escape ourselves. And we will be reminded of that, even though it's something we don't really like to think about, talk about. Uh, you know, death is a part of life. And the ancient traditions, African spirituality, Hinduism, Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism in particular, have so much to say about death, which is another reason why it's worth looking into. But, you know, at this moment, at the end of our lives where we have our life review or however it happens, when we're looking back on our lives, you know, will we be able to say that we lived it, really lived it to the fullest of our capacity, that we really loved every being to the fullest of our capacity? You know, what's going to matter? And, um, and like I said, I've been diving a bit into, you know, just sort of the mystery of death 
lately and in people's end of life reviews. I'm not going to get too into it because it will, I could, we'll do it in a podcast. If you guys want to do it, we'll do it. Um, you know, but all this to say, at the end of our life, what are we going to think about it? And, and if you have any belief that life, is going to surpass that that whatever is inside of you creating you sustaining you is going to cease to exist at the end of uh at the end of this when your heart takes its last beat you know if you think that that's it and i guess this message this what i'm going to talk about next not this message what is this a fucking commercial i guess this you know won't really hit but if you have any shred of belief in you that something, some piece of you will survive after this beautiful, sacred, just glorious vessel that we've been blessed with, you know, blessed with as a gift to walk through this, to walk through this life. If you believe that any part of you will carry on after that. Then that's really why all of this matters. Uh, there's different traditions and and um, myths and legends and ancient wisdom, you know, that talk about what is going to happen after we take our last breath. And um, a lot of them, a lot of them point to the fact that <laughs> it's, it's not going to end there for us. And if it doesn't, then what happens? If when I take my last breath and close my eyes for the last time or leave them open, then my soul propels elsewhere. Where does it go and what does it mean and what did this lifetime mean, you know? And um, and is it the meaning that we assigned it? Or is there an assignment here that, that we came here? Did we understand the assignment? Are we going to understand the assignment? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to understand the assignment. And um, I certainly think that if there is an assignment, then there's lessons to learn throughout this life. And there's, there's a way to walk throughout this life so that we can carry something, some of this like deep wisdom that truly gets integrated, not just something we read or watch on TikTok or a reel or talk about briefly in passing, but something that we've integrated into ourselves so deeply through direct reckoning with and intentional integration. Um, that is what will stay with us. That is what we can carry on with us. Um, with our truest selves, with the truest parts of our soul. Our souls. <laughs> 
And uh, what is going to happen? Who can say for sure? That's why it's the greatest mystery of all time. You know, Ram Dass says that death is like taking off a tight shoe. He calls it dropping our body. And what's going to happen? I personally, um, through my studies and my research and my Googles of consciousness and, um, and from what I understand through Tibetan Buddhism and understanding the way that consciousness works and, um, and, and density, our density works, you know, <laughs> I believe that it's like we're either going to graduate or we're not, and it's okay if we don't, you know, maybe we come back, maybe we come back as a human, maybe next incarnation we come back as a tree, and maybe next incarnation uh, we come back as a crystal, and all of it is beautiful, and um, but I believe that the higher, you know, the less, because we start out being very dense. And this is according to the law of one, the teachings of Ra, the channel texts, uh, which I will link below for those of any of those of you who are interested. But we start out uh, vibrating. We start out being denser, denser vibration, our particles are vibrating slower and that's why you hear all this talk about raising your vibrations another reason why it matters to raise your vibration because um you know we start out as something very dense like maybe for instance this crystal this crystal has a consciousness this is why we work with them and um and it has a beautiful consciousness and beautiful energy you know, however, the complexity of what it is able to experience is, um, it's not that of which what we are able to experience. And so throughout our lifetime, based on how much, um, how we can ascend up that ladder of density and of frequency and in what class we graduate from and in which way, you know, our souls graduate when we leave our bodies. Uh, I believe that that is what is going to be the telltale of what we experience after this, you know, of where we end up next on the, in the wheel of samskara. samskara. And uh, we've all, well, maybe not all of us, but some of us have heard of spirit guides we all know of our ancestors. Um, we've heard of these things like angels and light beings and ascended masters. And, you know, whether or not you believe in any of that, let's start with the term of ancestors. After when I go, I'm going to be somebody's ancestor. And maybe they will pray to me. I pray to my ancestors. Sometimes I'm scared of praying to my ancestors because I'm like, do I like, or do they have my best interests in mind? You know, we're so quick to be like, ancestors, please, you know, but like, I think about some of my family members that I witness around me right now. And I'm like, 
how much could they have really helped me? And so there's questions that go into what kind of wisdom you, we like goes into being blessed with that ancestor title. I don't know. I don't know how it works. This is all hearsay. We're shooting the shit right now. I'm shooting the shit to you. Hopefully you're, you know, vibing with it. If you're this deep in, something's happening. But, um, so anyways, assuming that when I cross over, I will have left some children behind and, and, uh, they, they have some children and, and they're trying to figure this out just like we're trying to figure it out. And they pray to me. They call out to me as their ancestor. What wisdom will I have to share with them? What way will I be able to share that? And now take it a step higher. Is it possible to become an ascended master after this lifetime? Where are we going? Can we choose? What do we choose? Would we choose to come back or would we choose to incarnate as something else and play a different role in this wild, crazy universe? I don't know. Um, but like I said, assuming that you do believe that there is something after this. Then something's happening. And assuming that there is something after this, continuing to assume that, if something's, ha if something's happening after this, then I assume there was a purpose for this all to begin with. And I also talked to a lot of people who are like, I think we're just here to have fun. This is just all like, and, and maybe it's true, you know, maybe we're just here for a good time, not a long time. Mm, I don't know. But um, this is another experience. This is another thing that comes with the experience of interacting with psychedelics, with plant medicine, um, or even, even just through deep, deep moments of inner stillness, you realize that something is happening something created this something caused this something wanted this and you know people spend their whole life trying to figure out why and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful answer to seek to try and make sense of and I think it's important to give this life meaning and um and on this note of possibly being at the end of our lives I think that it is a very common thing in our life to have a child that, not our own child, but to know a child, sorry, not to have a child, to know a child that you love, you know, or that you think of is so sweet. And when you look into a child's eyes and there's just this beautiful innocence, and, you know, they just, they, didn't, they haven't been here for long. So, you know, they still have that just irrevocable alignment with the greater all that is and um so so I asked this question of you know whenever I'm having these conversations with people about the state of the world and what it is and people are so quick to be like fuck it you know it's all going to shit and that's just what it is and and you know and I'm like, all right, can you, can, are we able to say that though, looking into a child's eyes that you're leaving behind? Like, cause 
when you leave this earth, there will still be children here. And will we just leave them the dying earth? You know, literally, Pachamama, the earth is like crying out for us to stop looking at her and, and like looking at her in this state of separation, looking at her as if she does not have the same beating heart you know, that we have looking at her as if she has not literally sustained the possibility even of our existence for billions of years, you know, uh, and, and that is another reason why all of this matters. As we begin to deepen our compassion for ourselves, we begin to deepen our compassion and the awareness of our connection with all other living beings, including the earth. And we stop looking at her as something that we just take from and rape, you know, for all of her resources. You know, and, and we put our feet in the ground and we touch the ground and, and we feel that deep, unshakable connection. And so, and, and there's things to be done about it. There's a way to live with more intention and, and, and more connection and communion with this earth as well as all the other cosmic forces that we find ourselves so interested in. And, um, and so, yeah, a lot of people poke fun at spirituality or, or maybe misinterpret it and, and think about it, it being something that is shallow or surface level or just another trend and, um, and all about manifestation and and though manifestation is certainly a very fun and and you know it's a pillar of it it's a pillar of the spirituality movement it's about something much deeper than manifestation because once we get deeper into this we do realize that we have been brainwashed and we are a lot more a lot more powerful than we think and um and that we do have the ability to, and the right to be the alchemist of our own reality. Uh, and, and yeah, that when we really center our attention and um, intention, and you know, we, we have the power to truly become the alchemists of our own reality. And it's beautiful. And the truth is that everything that we, we are experiencing already is a direct manifestation of our energy, you know. Um, but it's about something much deeper than that. And it's about honoring this life that we find ourselves in. And what does it truly mean to honor that? You know, it's about questioning the systems that are in place with a sense of childlike curiosity and exploring new systems and new ways of being, of living, of connecting, of experiencing. That's what it's all about. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's okay to poke fun at the spiritual movement. It is, and it's, it's deserving of it. You know, there's a lot, <laughs> there is a lot of there's a lot to be you know there's a lot of fun to poke but 
at the same time, this is incredibly important. And, and rightfully so.